Hey guys, Kevin here. I just wanted to talk to you guys about something that changed my life irreverently three years ago. So today is October 1st, and as a lot of you know, that today was the day that the deadliest mass shooting ever committed by an individual in uh, modern American history happened, and that was the Route 91 shooting in Las Vegas. I was there, I'm a survivor of it, and I want to talk about my day that day and what happened and everything that was going through my mind because I've talked about it before with friends, but I feel like it should be known how this day forever changed, how I view life and the things I view in life. So... As a lot of you guys don't know, if a lot of you guys don't know, I'm a really big country music fan, and I've gone to many festivals throughout the the city, the country, if you will. Um, I've been to most of the ones that have been here in Las Vegas. I've been to ones in California. I went to a little mini festival in Austin once, so I'm a big fan of country music, so I was really looking forward to the Route 91 festival, and we don't have it anymore, but this due to this and so I'm just gonna just get into it and start start from the top okay so at this festival I have been gone to a couple times before I gone two years before two years prior and so it's 2017 and me and a bunch of my friends have gone to this festival for two days so far we've seen Sam Hunt we've seen Eric Church we've seen some of the top names at the time uh Brett Young, up-and-comers, came brown, but this day I was really excited for because Jason Aldean was headlining, but I also was excited to see my favorite artist, Jake Owen, and he was going to be like on the the co-headliner, so he was going to go in right before Jason Aldean. So we go to the uh, Luxor and meet up with my friends Melanie and Chad and Megan before the concert is going to happen. We all meet up. We have some drinks. We have some fun. We head on over to the festival grounds, and we we get waved in. We get checked and everything, and then we start to go and go into the festival. I knew that I wanted to see Luke Combs perform, and I knew that he was going to be performing at the like the closing of the second stage. So we knew that I knew I wanted to see Kane Brown on this day and Dylan Scott. So Kane Brown was going to be on the main stage. Dylan Scott was on the side stage. So we're bouncing around every day of this festival. We sat in the same area, which was on the right side of the stage facing the stage. We're on the right side away from the bungalows and everything like that. in like the grass area. And my friends were always together and we were always there. It was probably about 30 or 40 of my friends or people that I knew that were at this festival spread out throughout. But my little group was always there on that side. And today was no different. So we set up in our area and then we walked around and we just had a good time like normal. I remember towards the end of the night seeing Luke Combs perform, being very impressed by him. Heading back to the main stage for the last three acts, which were Big and Rich, Jake Owen, and Jason Aldean. 
Now, I'm not the biggest big and rich fan, but I saw, watched a little bit of them. Then I made sure we sat down and we watched Jake Owen perform in his set. And I loved it. It was a blast. It was enjoyable. After that, though, Jason Aldean was supposed to come on. At this point, it's around 10 o'clock and we've been drinking all day and having a good time. So it was it was going to be the the time for it. I remember distinctly a couple sitting behind us, my group, and my group was me, my friend Natalie, my friend Samantha, CJ, Lindsay, not Lindsay, CJ, um, Aaron, Kayleen, Kristen, and Aaron, Aaron Lawfrey, as well as our friend Ryan, we were all together. There might have been a couple more. People. Oh, and Leah Matthews, we're all right there together. Leah's one of my closest friends, and we're sitting there, and she's sitting right next to me. So as the Jason Aldean set goes on, everybody's filling his songs, and everybody starts singing along. During his set, there's a sound that sounds like fireworks. When it sounds like the fireworks go off, I said people need to stop playing because that's what gunshots sound like. I'm from Los Angeles and I've heard gunshots before and that's kind of what it sounded like, but it was like a quick sounded like some fireworks. Then you hear it again. And at this point, Jason Aldean stops playing and someone rushes him off the stage. I yell to my group, get down. And we do. And there's a long fireworks but it's gunfire being ripped across the crowd, I guess. So we're laying on the ground and our heads are down and I have my hands over my friend's heads. I don't know why I thought that would do something, but it, it, it was just trying to be helpful, I guess. And I make my friends get down and Ryan is still standing up because he's pretty drunk and he thinks that it's, it's not that big of a deal because he didn't realize that they were actual gunshots. Someone yells at him to get down, so he finally does, and then another ripple goes through, and then people start screaming because people are being killed at this point. So where we're sitting to the right of me is the Mandalay Bay, and it's right across from us. So we're right in the line of sight. The when I looked at the autopsy report, not the autopsy, the, the report of like who passed, a couple died, and I'm pretty sure we were sitting right in front of them where they passed so we were that close so more gunshots fire out this feels like it's taking forever but there's a there's a lull in the gunshots and then i say to my friends we're not going to die by being trampled either we need to go and we need to get up and we need to get out of here at this point i yelled to CJ who's standing right behind me to flip me my backpack because my wallet was in my backpack and I knew that if I was to die I guess I didn't want to be like a John Doe and so I needed to have my wallet on me and my backpack on me so we start he flips my backpack I throw it on my back and I say let's go and we start heading towards the exit because I remember seeing 
by the bathroom, by the porta potties, I remember seeing a giant corral like exit there. So I assumed that that's where we were going to be headed that way. In my mind, that's where I was going to be trying to take us. So at this point, I've, I feel like I've just kind of taken like a leadership role. Unbeknownst to me, I don't know what's going on, but my brain did me a huge favor and blocked out any negative visions I could see. So I didn't see anyone laying on the ground dying, though, by looking at the report, people were dying all around me. Um, I didn't look at that. I didn't see people wounded and shot. I just knew that my friends, I had to help get them out of there. So we start heading towards that way in the exit. Another ripple rips out. So I say, get back on the ground. We jump back on the ground. It stops. We get up. We head towards the exits. Now, obviously, this is all in a lot of confusion and no one knows what's going on in this moment. But I just knew that I had to try to stay alive. So I lead my small group of friends with me and it's me, my friend, Brandy, Brandy Bine. Um, it's me, Brandy Bine, Natalie, we don't have Samantha, we have Aaron, Aaron Houghton with me. Um, Jen, little Jen's with me, and Jen wants to know if if Ryan's still okay. I just lie to her and tell him that he's fine. I saw him go the other way because I knew we had to get out of there. And I didn't know where he was, but I knew that I had to get us out of there. So I just lie to him, lie to her, and tell him that that's I saw him go a different direction. And she says okay, and so we go towards this corral doors. Now, at the time. Like I said, we don't know what's going on. So I remember wondering if this was a coordinated attack. Then coming down that street we were going down would be other people to gun us down as we leave. So I knew that this was the only way out, but I knew that this was a chance that this may be the end, but I had to take it. So we go through the gate, and luckily I see sirens and flashing lights to my left which means there's police there. So at this time, I'm like, all right, cool. There's no one walking down the street mowing us down. We need to go this way. So we head, we head out the exit, and I have those girls with me. And they start calling their parents to tell them bye. And I tell them, let's not do that. We're not gone yet. We got to keep going. So we start walking with a crowd of, of people towards the Tropicana Hotel. When we get to the Tropicana Hotel. We go in through a like a back entrance with a bunch of people and I mean we're terrified. We don't know what's going on, but I'm trying to keep it together because this is some craziness. We go into the hotel and we were walking on the bottom level of the hotel, walking towards the casino. At that point, someone comes running the other way and saying that there was a gunman in the hotel. Because there's just so much confusion and no one knows what's going on. So I start walking back the other way from the towards the casino floor and we go up the stairs because I figured we could see a a like a eye view and mind you, everyone's terrified. I'm scared too, but I just have to try to continue to be brave, even though I know that this could be the end, because I just keep hearing gunfire. 
outside. So we go upstairs, and I have I have Brandy with me, and I have Jan and Aaron, and Natalie, and we go upstairs, and we start walking along the concourse, and then. I remember walking through the hotel on the top, the second floor of the Tropicana and walking to an escalator. At the escalator, there's a man, an older man and a woman, and she's terrified of going down into the casino floor because of what we heard about the gunmen and there's just people pushing. So I, I said to my friends that we, he, the, the man says to his wife, we're safer down there than we are up here because up here we're sitting ducks, sitting at the top of the escalator. So if someone is shooting at us, they could just turn the corner and fire up here. And to me, there was so much sense in what he just said right there. So I turned to the girls and I say he's, said he's right. And I led them down the escalator because I figured that if we got behind machines, in the main floor, we would be able to at least hide a little bit. So we get down, and we get down to the main floor, and there's just a man directing traffic that works there at the Tropicana, because he doesn't exactly know what's going on. He just knows that there's some kind of confusion, and there's like gunfire somewhere, but I'm sure he didn't know it was at the concert, and so he has his hands out, and he's just directing traffic. And when he's doing that, I'm like, okay, cool. He doesn't know this way. So we go to leave, and I'm thinking, we have to go somewhere, right? We have to go somewhere. I asked Brandy, where does she want to go? And she said that she doesn't want to go inside of another building. And I told her, I understand that, and that makes a lot of sense. So we start walking down Tropicana towards the Thomas and Mack Center and away from all the gunfire. As we're walking that way, the reason I went that way was because I thought maybe there was people hitting places on the strip, and so I didn't want to stay on the strip. I figured that there was not a gunman coming down Tropicana Boulevard, so if we walk in that direction to Thomas and Mac, we could try to find somewhere that we could go to, like, try to get some help. As we're walking down Tropicana, we get down to the helicopter resort area. The helicopter area. Oh, before we get there, sorry to, to, to cut it off. Inside the hotel, as we're leaving the hotel, I lost track of Erin, Erin Houghton. So I call her and I ask her where she's at. And she says she doesn't know and she was going to try to get to us. And I told her don't. And I told her to go towards the Mandalay Bay slash Luxor. Because I knew that they had locked it down from what it had sounded like. They were locking down all the hotels because we're getting, we're following on social media about kind of what's going on and that they had locked it down. So I sent her that way to try to get her locked in there. So that way, that was one less person I had to worry about trying to figure out where they were. So she does, and that's where she goes, and she ends up there because she went to go get her car to come help pick us up, but they didn't let her out. So as we continue to walk down Tropicana, I then start making phone calls to figure out where everyone is, everyone that was with us. I call CJ and he said that him, along with our friends Melanie and Chad, and a few others were locked down in the Hooters Casino. 
and they were like, I, I guess like in an office or, or a freezer or something of that nature. And they were just trying to stay safe. So I said, okay, good. That's a, that's a good spot for them to be. I call Leah and she doesn't answer at first. And so then I call Kayleen and she says that she's on her way to the hospital because her friend that was with us ended up getting shot in the shoulder. And a bullet went through her shoulder and she was bleeding. So she was on the way to the hospital. And I said, okay. Along with that, I couldn't get a hold of Aaron Lawfrey. So we just continued down the street. I then at this point told the girls it's probably a good time to call their parents. And I called my mother. And my mother was out of town at, at my aunt's house in, in Northern California. And so I just briefed her. It was late at night, but I briefed her on what was going on as of that time and explained to her how there was a shooting in Las Vegas. I'm currently okay, but no, no one knows what's going on. And I was at the concert where the shooting did take place. So I told her, just no, don't worry, but like, doing what we can to stay alive. So I'm also starting to get text messages from friends that are saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, one text message that stands out is my friend Harlan texted me and asked if we were okay. And I said, yeah. And I said, I, can I get a ride out of here? And Harlan said he's on his way. I he just decided he was down to drive into this unknown situation to help us out and I for forever grateful to him for that. So we continue to walk down the street. Oh, as we're still at the at the helicopter place, I talked to CJ again and he says that they're hearing there's a gunman inside the Hooters casino. And that just sent chills because as I'm standing at the helicopter place, we see the Hooter Casino maybe a few blocks from us. And we hoped there wasn't a gunman there. And there happened to not be, but we didn't know. And we, I, we couldn't go help our friends, which is also another terrifying feeling that you have. But it was the one that we had. We also got in touch with Samantha and she said that she was hiding out in a stranger's hotel room at the MGM because they were taking shelter there because people were hiding in rooms. So I do appreciate that stranger for helping my friend and keeping her safe. So we continued down the street after that because we know that we can't go to the Hooters Casino because we weren't going inside of another building either anyway. And I figured the Thomas and Mack Center was far enough for us to try to hold up and get some help. So we continue to walk as, as I try Leah for the second or third time, she answers. And I laugh because when she answers the phone, I can hear her on the phone, but I also hear her yelling in real life. And I look up and she's on the phone and running down the street because she had been alone for a while and was just walking to try to find some safety. And she saw us and ran towards me. And I, I just appreciate that. So she ran towards us and I said, okay, you're now with us. We're going to figure out where we're going to go. Because now it's Natalie, Brandy, myself, Jen, and now Leah. So we continue to go down 
Tropicana towards Thomas and Mac because I'm telling them that that's my plan. That's all I've got is this plan to go to Thomas and Mac and try to hold up there until we can get some help. A cab pulls up and asks if we need any help. And I say yes. And I tell Jen, Brandy, and Natalie to get in the cab and to call Samantha and go get out of here. Just get away from the strip. The cabbie takes them in and he takes them to Jen's house, which is great. So now it just leaves me and Leah. Leah didn't want to get in the car because she said she wasn't leaving me alone. And I appreciate her for that. So she gets in the car with she gets stays with me and then we walk to the gas station. The gas station has a bunch of people that are bleeding and shell shocked and scared because none of us knew what was going on. This was all new. We're hearing things over people on social media and getting text messages, but we don't know what's true, what's not. We're hearing that there's multiple gunmen in different hotels different casinos, what have you, but no one knows exactly what's going on, who's what, doing what, where. But as we're across the street from Thomas and Mac at this hotel, I mean at this uh, gas station, Harlan tells me that he's almost there. I said, thank you. So Harlan swings by the gas station and picks us up. He takes us to my friend Stephanie's house, which is Leah's house also, their roommate's. Stephanie had been there earlier and luckily did not stay for Jason Aldean because she had an early morning the next day. And I'm glad that she didn't have to be there for everything that we saw. We get to Stephanie's house, Stephanie and Leah's house. I sit down on their couch and for the first time all night, I start to cry. I start to cry because I'm happy that I'm alive. I start to cry because this was the most insane thing of my life. I start to cry because I just expel all the emotions that I had about everything that was going on because people around me, I guess, were dying. And I say I guess because, like I said, my brain blocked them out for me and I didn't see them. So I asked Leah where has she been. She said that she had hid in like a locker freezer thing and that the people were going in there and making makeshift tourniquets and whatnot and she felt helpless. She didn't know what to do. And she was able to finally get out of there and get to safety with us. While we're there, we get CJ meets up with us too and we end up going back to the house that me and CJ stayed in because we were roommates at the time. We watched the news and we watched everything that's going on and it was just an insane evening. Leah comes back with us and she stays at my house too and she just didn't want to be alone and it was just crazy. So the next morning, I had a very interesting experience. I, Leah ended up being on a, the morning news in New York because a friend of hers, because she's from New Jersey, a friend of hers knew that she was there and reached out because they worked for the New York, New York television station, so they did a remote call. As well as uh, CJ is being from, being from the Bay Area, 
we had the Bay Area news team come to our home and do an interview with him in the house. And my friend that works for the register, the Nevada, Nevada register newspaper, the review journal reached out to me and I, I contacted her and we did a news article with her, with them as well, about everything that had happened. This by far was the craziest day of my life and it's changed how I look at things ever since. I used to be so, so on guns and not really care, but now I am staunchly against any kind of military style weapon that is not needed. I'm against, I'm against all that. I feel like handguns and shotguns are okay for personal protection. But anything more than that should be handled by the military because this man that ended up gunning us down from the Mandalay Bay had multiple of these weapons that he had acquired legally that we need to figure out how we could stop it. I started going to rallies and donating to gun control causes because this became a big deal to me. I also think we need to rebrand things because this man is not considered a terrorist for whatever reason, though he did strike terror into my heart and into the hearts of my friends. Luckily for me, none of my friends died that evening, but there was some injuries. Aaron ended up getting shot in the leg. My buddy Jay got shot in the arm. I already told you about the young lady that got shot in the shoulder. The emotional scars still haven't healed for a lot of us but this night definitely bonded us and changed everything and how I look at things today is the third year anniversary of that day I've taken this day off every day since because it's a day of remembrance it's also a day of reflection and it's a day that I want to remember Till I die because it's so important on how I do things now and how I look at life. I have many other friends that were there and I have many other stories that they have to tell, but those are their stories. This one's mine. I thank you for listening. <laughs>